0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll
1: get the backstory plus plenty of life and business lessons
0: along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by In the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithMatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. What's up? Welcome back to the Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are ready for a weekend. Man, I'm ready for a weekend. But if you're like me, you probably are going to be working a little bit on the weekend. I try not to, but here and there, we got some things happening and I want to give you some inspiration, some stories and something fun to bring into your weekend. So whether you're listening to this live or maybe you're going back on demand, you can find this show driven entrepreneur on all on demand platforms, of course. Today with me this week is someone who I've gotten really close to in a really short period of time. Um, definitely one of those, I hate this phrase, but a brother from another mother. Um, we have been hanging out at a podcast conference with our dear friend Steve Ulcher way earlier in the year, the New Media Summit. And you've heard a few different guests over the months from New Media Summit This is one of my other icons of influence. uh, He runs a successful real estate podcast. He's a real estate investor, but he's also so much more than that. He's a successful entrepreneur, runs his own podcast, and his newest podcast, Men on Purpose, is taking the world by fire and helping to inspire men to really be more of themselves all over the world. He's a conscious thought leader, full-time performance coach, Mr. Ian Lobos. And as it says in his bio, he absolutely loves life. And I can tell you that that's true. For over seven years, Ian and his wife, Meredith, uh, have been sought after people around the world. Uh, They've been looking for for people to coach them in their life for finding and aligning with their purpose. Um, Mastering who they are, their their marriage, self-development, habits, identity, relationships, all this work. And now they do this in such a huge way. You can catch Ian on this highly ranked podcast again, Men on Purpose. Ian, are you there? I am here, brother. I knew you were. You sound so good. My goodness. And great to see your face. Great to have you on. I feel like it was just yeah. yesterday we were hanging out in the hot tub together and getting, I mean, look, it's not what you think, but you know, we were getting really <laughs> real. You you and I, uh yeah. and another friend. And we, Adam. we were sitting around. Yeah. Adam. Oh, Adam, shout out to Adam. Yep. My buddy, Adam Lewis Walker. Uh, who else was with us that day?
1: it was just the three of us. Yeah, it was just I'll the three of us. That's right. Like, it was just a um you know, I had gone for a swim that morning and, and you guys are thinking we we're working out. And you came down and jumped in the hot tub and it was just a, it's a testament to events like that where Steve, you know, a guy like Steve you know, brings together a lot of really great people and you've got to pay attention to the people that just get into your orbit just by proximity at an event, something like that, or a mastermind, you know, sift through fast because there's real, a lot of gold in, in some people there. And I think we were very fortunate. I know I was very fortunate to find it in you and Adam and just sitting in that hot tub. There was so much that happened in like a 30 or 40 minute period that I'm, you know, I'm very grateful for that. It really got me into an alignment where after that, literally after that, you know, eight hours later, the Men on Purpose podcast and brand showed up in my life to be to become mine. And dude, it's just so awesome how it worked.
0: Well, and tell me a little bit about the the, the genesis of that then and, and share with everybody how that happened. So bef- going back before that, you've been, um, I, like I know you're a lot like me, we had some s- some similar stories, um, diving into real estate, investing, kind of being that go get them qu- sort of quote unquote success guy. Um, what was What was that like early on? Were you always like go after it, go get it, figure out success, become something? Is that something that happened from like, as a kid, as a teenager, were you always motivated? Or did you turn things around and say, yeah, now I'm going to go make it happen in life? Can you tell me a little bit about the early part of that that different side of you before we get to what's been going on lately?
1: Sure. Uh, you want to get deep? Yeah, bro. Okay. You know, I we're always here. know... We're the- ready whatever podcast I host or whatever podcasts I'm on, there's always that one person listening, you know, and I think what, what, do, how many people download yours a month? Like 2 million, something like that.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, how many download my month? And I'll tell you how much is in my bank account real quick, how many <laughs> acres I'm on and how old my wife is, but go on.
1: Sweet. Uh, no, there's always somebody that's listening at the right moment at the right time. It's just, it's meant to, it's meant to be heard by them. Right. So I am going deep with you because I've always been very successful and a part of my, my, my real like deep development was really figuring out the purpose and the real passion behind success for myself. And what I discovered was that my dad's a very successful guy. You can hear my, my dad's on the May 11th uh, episode of mental purpose podcast. You can hear all about my dad and his success. Um, and, you know, I, I I think unconsciously I had to live up to that because one, I never felt like I could ever fill my dad's shoes and I figured this out over the last like five years. Um, but like I got out of college and I started, I started at my dad's shipping company and then, you know, kind of rose through the ranks very quickly and started making a lot of money and became very successful. And then I realized that it just, it wasn't fulfilling. So I left that in 2012 and I started a real estate uh, sales and marketing company. And I built that and built that and built that. And again, realized that it wasn't, I was making a ton of money. I was having fun. I just, I would come home. And when those engines got shut off, Ian got shut off. And I, I didn't like that. I didn't have an identity separate from what I did for a living. And I, and and the money that I had or the power or success. So do you feel like what you, who you were being was you, but you didn't have anything outside of that?
0: Or did you feel like, you were playing a role and when the role ended it was like well now what who am i could you speak to that yeah. a little
1: bit if that makes sense <clears throat> totally um yeah it's it's still a little weird to talk about uh i I, have, I i called myself an actor like i'm a naturally very introverted person and if you ever meet me in which you know you've met me in person i you don't think i'm introverted at all but that's the sort of you know the actor side of me and i would always say like my dad would always tell me, like, get up in the morning and you can do whatever or be whoever you need to be when, you know, the curtain's closed. But the moment that you need to get on a mic, get in front of a client, show sure, up at the office, the curtain opens and you're on stage and you be who you need to be to get everything you need to get. And he wasn't saying it like in a bad way. He was saying like, you know, if no matter if you're in a bad mood or whatever's going on, like shift yourself, be who you need to be to be really effective for yourself and for other people. And there was nothing bad about that. It just, it taught me a very, I just didn't know myself. And
0: I I think if you can do that healthfully, right. If you can do that authentically, like if you know who you are and you're good at it, good at being you, then it makes sense to go, Hey, the show must go on, turn it on. And then you can turn it back off. But if you're not clear on who you are, or you're feeling like something's uncomfortable, or not real anyway, then I think it's, you know, we can, I just did an interview uh, just before this with a good friend who had been a daytime soap actor shoot for years. And we talked about that exact same thing Ian, you know, that it's like when you don't know exactly who you are, all of a sudden, yeah, you show up on camera and now you're going to be whoever you need to be. But then the camera shuts off or the situation shuts off and you're, and you're left. How did that affect you? So you're making money, you're creating success, you're being this person, how, how did you know that it was time internally? Like, how did you know that was even happening? I guess that's a a big piece I'd like for people to get is how do you know you're in that situation? Cause you know, it's easy not to think that's happening. You know, you go home at night and it's like, Oh yeah, no, everything's okay. And I just had a busy day. Now I just want to blow off steam or I want to unwind. But how did you know that like, wait a second, I don't have a real me anymore and I need to change
1: something. Dude on weekends I felt lost Uh, coming home at night. I was starting to dread. Like when it get nine, 10 o'clock, I would start to get anxious about, I got to get up and I've got to repeat this cycle tomorrow. And I've got to like be this little dancing monkey boy and, and and go and entertain people to get money. And I felt like I felt dirty and not dirty about it. Cause I was very authentic and pure in my intention to help people like with their real estate needs. Like there was nothing wrong there, but I just didn't feel like it was me. And I, I then took a couple steps back and I started some really heavy personal development coaching um, you know, years ago. And I, I did a, I did a deathbed confessional where I imagined myself in the last few hours of life and what would be, what would I, what would I feel as who I am today? And then What would I feel like? What would I want to feel to be able to check that final box to say, yes, my life is complete. I'm happy with that. I'm fulfilled, like mission accomplished. And it wasn't what I was doing. And I was scared because I didn't want to go through another two years, five years of building and changing and shifting. Like I'm in my mid thirties. Now I have two kids, which by the way, the kids are what shifted me, especially my daughter when she was born five years ago, my wife came to me and said, um, you know, you're very selfish with your time and you're, you you know, you're an a-hole a lot of times. And it was not intentional. It was me having to do that to protect me as a provider, because if I'm not a provider, I'm not really sure who I am in the world. And so if I don't provide at a high level and everybody's happy in my family and my immediate circle, then I don't really feel like I have a purpose or a point. So my wife said to me, are you the model of a man that you want your daughter to, to attract into her life one day? It broke me literally like emotionally. Like I finally felt like I could, I could, I could start to bleed some of this unknown and this pain out. And that's when I just, I hired two coaches and I dove into this thing very, very hard um, to, to, to change who I was because I I didn't want to be that example anymore. And I also didn't want to like, we don't know when the next, we don't know when our next day is going to be. So I started living every day. Like I could, if, if it's today, I can check that final box. I know I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled because I'm doing what Ian wants to do. Not what everybody expects of Ian to do. Dude, that's, that's a very real uh, statement yeah. there too.
0: Can, the first thing comes up to me is, you know, I think, I had a very similar experience when I first got into coaching and this was some years back. And honestly, man, I've had this experience probably a couple of times in different iterations, you know, where it's like, all right, now I'm doing my purpose. I'm doing this great stuff and I, and I love coaching. I love speaking. But then all of a sudden I look back now it's been 15 years and I go, gosh, is this really what I want to speak about? Talk about, is this really the thing if I died today? Like you said, is this my legacy? Our tomorrows are not guaranteed. Is this what I want? I think sometimes it's, it's almost, I don't say it's easier, but it's easier when you've hit a level of success, maybe financially business, et cetera. And you can look back and evaluate, is this who I want to be? And then change. What's your advice for um, anyone, but you know, we're talking about men, men on purpose, podcast and everything. What's your advice for a guy who hasn't quote unquote hit that success yet? You know, maybe financially I'm paycheck to paycheck. And I am in that position, right? Where, hey, I got to work and I got to show up and I got to get the Benjamins and I'm not liking it anymore. And I know it's not it's not what I really desire to be, et cetera. What do you do when you don't have, I don't know, the luxury maybe, I don't know what the right word is, but do you, does that make sense? What do you do when you yeah. feel like you you haven't hit it to get out of the grind to start doing something that you actually care about? And not just career-wise, right? Living life the way you care about it.
1: There's a couple of different things. One of them is really um, owning and, and honoring and understanding your goals, goal setting, but really understanding if they are your goals or if they are the Instagram account that you watch that has jets and yachts and, and, you know, $20 million houses, and you're stuck making 40 grand a year and you're dreaming of that. Meanwhile, your mindset's not there, your skill set's not there, and you certainly aren't willing or don't know if you're willing or not to do that level of work because you haven't stepped out and actually taken action. So I always tell people, paint, paint goals that are really yours, not realistic because you got to stretch a little bit. Paint goals that are really yours and take out what other people are going to think, take out if they scare you and take out the resistance. So if you, like for me, Um, mine used to be jets and yachts and all that, all the fancy stuff. But when I really got down to it, what I really want is to live in Southern California. I want to see the ocean every day. I want to hang out with my kids every single day. And I want to get an RV and I want to travel around the country showing my kids and my wife and I, the, the, I literally, not even the country, the world. And I want to make, um, the world, our classroom and our playground. And that's my goal. So all of my, all of my work, all of my efforts, the skills I need to build, the mindset I need to achieve, it all circles around how can I get to a place where I'm untethered, right? So, you know, I sell real estate for a living. Well, I, I have been for the last eight years, but, you know, as my coaching business and my speaking and like the, 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 uh, events and seminars that I put on as that has grown. I've, I've started to really see what's possible and that, that I call it geographical untetherment, which is not a word, but I want to be untethered (laughs) from a physical location that I have to go to. Yeah. Geographical untetherment. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: not a, that's not a a new goal for people, you know, as far as like, Hey, I'd like to be able to travel. I want to be a nomad. So I love that. But you're talking about going from, like say, if you're a local real estate agent, or right? there's a lot of local real estate agents, you can't really list a house necessarily from anywhere around the world. Are you looking at bringing up these other pillars and other business? You know, yeah. you're doing coaching seminars. Hey, how can, how can I build this around my family and my goals rather than how can I fit my family and goals into my career? Is that sort of the line of thought?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what can, what can support what can support me, these goals, the family, our, our, our goals together, like what can support us, um, career wise, because one of the biggest things, like there are some people that have no problem being in an office. They have no problem showing up to a, a desk every day, even, even if they own their own business, they have an office set up or whatever. It's the farthest thing from what I want. And I've always felt that. And I've always felt like I have to conform. And so I'm a naturally defiant person. I want to carve my own path, even if it means a little bit more cost or a little bit more mistake or time. I just want to see what's possible for me. And I get good guidance and good mentorship and good coaching around it. But I I, I don't want to be locked in an office. Like I don't want to go somewhere every day. I have a high need for variety. So it really comes down to owning and honoring what you and who you truly are, what it is that you truly want out of life and then building you know, a career or a path around that. Again, for me, it's when I get to that end point, it's not about money anymore. It's about the time spent, the memories created, the moments shared and the experiences that we experienced as a family together around the planet. And so those three things, moments, memories and experiences are what drive me in the decisions that I make for the income that I produce and the way I produce it.
0: And we'll so say that again, memories, moments, and experiences yeah. rather than zeros in the bank or yep. whatever else we would be doing. Can you talk yeah. a, can, can, I want to pivot just into kind of continue on the family things. I think this is where we need to go anyway. It'll be a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, your wife, you guys have been yep. together, how long? Almost nine years. Almost nine years. And, you know, you can share as much or as little, whatever, you know, whatever you want to do about this. But I know that you've been very, uh, very open on your podcast and everything about what things were like. Can you talk a little bit about sort of your relationship, maybe how your wife is, how you are as a husband, kind of before some of these changes and then after some of these changes. Could you just share that perspective? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I know it was a big transformation in your in in your marriage, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. Um, so who I was, um, I think on the surface would be looked at as an asshole or selfish or just just a prick. This is just that I'm that guy, right? But I have this nice side every once in a while when I'm not when I'm not feeling like on. Um, and my wife just kind of, uh, for those of you know who know the disc model, my wife is a is a high C and S, and so she's very stable, very steady, very calm. I mean, until you really like, if you poke at her too much, like, she'll, she'll liven up. But, you know, I didn't ever realize how lucky I was to have that type of personality to balance mine. And so when I started to understand who I was, uh, who I was being and subsequently what I was doing, like it, and then would talk to my wife about that. It allowed her to start seeing me in a different light, the, the light that she actually saw me when we. So I mean, when we got married or we got together because I, I even said to her, like as, 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 um, gosh, I think it was probably November or December of last year. I called her and I was in a training course up in New York, a coach's training course. And I said to her, um, I'm not sure why you stayed with me. And it was emotional for both of us. But like she said, because I've always seen who you really are. And I know that you, everything that you've done has never been out of spite or anger It's always been because that's what you felt like you had to do. And that's who you felt like you had to be to protect yourself. And I don't blame you for that. And I don't fault you for that. So I can tell you right now that one of the best pieces of advice that I give people about relationships is stress test that thing every day. Because the, the reason why people get divorced is because they don't communicate. They don't know what the other person's thinking. And if you, if you don't stress it and you just fall into this sort of line or, you know, just this comfortable place where you just, you're surface level communicating, but you're not talking about deep level feelings, things like that. Like I used to be a person that my wife didn't feel like she could come to with her feelings, opinions, emotions, because I wasn't going to support her. So the biggest thing that I did was I, I made sure that I, I was able to create a space for her to be able to share who she was being and how, what she felt like. And that started to open up her trust for me a lot more. And then what we do is we talk to each other about deep level issues. We talk to each other about money. We talk to each other about our goals, our dreams, the wacky shit that we want, like in the world that 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 could tax a marriage. Like we talk about all of it because we know that the goal, like we're never gonna get divorced, right? So we push each other, we push the envelope to know where the stress is. The well, tell, hang on, hang on. Right. Let,
0: let, I want, I want to stop right there because you just said we, we know we're never going to get divorced. Right. To me, that was a big change that happened in my marriage. We just celebrated 10 years, married 11 and a half years yeah. together. And I can distinctly remember early on before we were walking with God together. That was our story early on in the first few years that was on the table. It was like, Hey, there was always like, if it got bad enough, and we really weren't going to make this work that's what people do, right? You eventually people split. split yeah. Today, I can say exactly that same thing you said. It's like, well, that's a hundred percent off the table. Like one of us is going to die and we love each other fiercely. So yep. with that said, how are we going to resolve whatever's happening right now? Can you speak to that aspect? Was it always like that? Or did you guys have a no. moment when you, how do you both get on that same page? Cause I think when divorce is on the table, even if it's a 1% possibility, it's a really scary thing, you know, for partners in marriage, because, Hey, can I really get real? Because what if I do? And what if I finally hit the wrong button? Just, I don't know, anything that's on your mind about that topic. I think that one line you said was so important.
1: It's a great, great question. It That's why you got a stress test because if you like, you know, I, you you and I both know plenty of couples uh, in our own lives that they surface level. And they exist together. They raise children together. They're partners together. They parent together. But the relationship sucks. Surface level at best. And if you don't stress test it, the moment that something does stress test it, because both parties are not being fulfilled at all, right? The moment that something does stress test, um, boom, it blows up. There's no repairing it. It's imploded and divorce happens. So that was absolutely on the table five years, uh, four years ago. 4 years ago it was on the table we were starting to have conversations about splitting money splitting assets and i just said i'll just i'll give you everything like and and then you know at that moment i had a couple people in my life my dad being one of them uh, an attorney being another one who said look you're a you're an interesting unique guy your daughter is your world but you don't understand how to pour yourself in there like it's a it's a, there's a likelihood that your wife is going to be with somebody else that's not like you because the, the likelihood that she's going to go back down that road with a guy like you again, is highly unlikely. That means your daughter is going to be raised by another dude who you probably don't want her to be raised by. And this isn't, this isn't a bad thing. This is just growth for you. So when my wife and I sat down and we said, is this something we can do? And then every time we talked about it, or every time we had a fight about it, I'm like, I, we eventually just said, look, this isn't going to happen, or we would have already pulled the trigger. I'm a go-getter guy. If I want something, I go after it. And I said, "Look, let's take this option off the table. Make a commitment right now that it's never possible. We we one of us. The only way we separate is the only way we separate is one of us dies. Right now, what it does is it completely takes it completely takes. It's a different path. It's a different path in in, in communication in the in a in a fight in a in in stress and now you're not battling to the end because nobody's going to nobody's going to walk out nobody's going to storm out nobody's going to call the lawyer now you have to figure this out and that's what my wife and I learned about being in business together is you can walk out and I can walk out but at the end of the day these clients need to be sat- satisfied and serviced and we learned a- about great marriage and communication because we couldn't give up on our clients we could give up on us even before we had kids we can give up on us all day but We talk about stuff that probably would make other couples very uncomfortable. Stuff around money, uh, sex—you know, uh, deep stuff. Nothing's off the table for us to discuss together. Nothing.
0: And and I'll, I'll completely agree that those are the two things. That like the sex life in a marriage, the financial life in a marriage. Those are two things that very often, right? People, it's like you're uncomfortable, or whatever reason, it's like, oh, we don't really talk that much about it, or you act one way, she acts another way you know, whether it's, it's a saver and a spender. And it's just sort of like, it becomes these battle lines of like, Oh, you're always trying to spend all our money. And it's like, Oh, you're always, you're never having a good time. And it's like, you start <laughs> fighting on, on like personality traits rather than being able to find out, well, how are you wired and what's important to you? That's something my wife and I did with our budgets years ago was like, well, what's important to you. And I found that my wife wasn't trying to be quote stingy or she wasn't scared to, to spend money. It was that, when she had a plan for it, she felt peace. So now my job is like, okay, if I want to honor that about her, then I'm not, it's like, well, how can I help her create a plan? Because I want my wife to have peace. It's very different than being controlled by her or, you know what I mean? Like feeling like I don't get what I want to do. How come I can't spend my extra money because, oh, she doesn't want to. It's like, no, no, no. What does she need? And then she understands I need variety and she understands I need to feel Hey, that I've created some success, so we should be able to enjoy that. So we found these, these parameters to honor that within each other. And I'll tell you, it gets a lot
1: better, right? <laughs> it <laughs> does. You you know, one, of the, one of the biggest reasons why, like when couples communicate, one, they don't know how to communicate. And they also don't realize that the one, uh, you know, let's say the wife's spending a ton of money, right? The husband becomes resentful because the wife's spending a ton of money. Meanwhile, the husband doesn't want to talk to her. He just only wants to yell at her about it or vice versa. It doesn't have to be that. But one spends and one doesn't want them to. And the reason, the, 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 the biggest challenge is it's only, again, surface level. It's just a blow up at the end of the month when the credit card com- bill comes in and it's 10 times what they thought it would be. But they're not, a, they're not going deep enough with their own development and understanding of themselves to be able to know that that spending is the result of something. It's the result of you know, the spouse being lonely or not heard or maybe trauma from her childhood or his childhood where it makes them feel better to spend money and to to buy themselves things. So That's you're, very good. you're still talking surface, right? You're like I know for a fact, I know, I know the depth of my wife and that when she makes a move or when I make a move, she can say to me, Hey, does that remind you of your mom? Is that why you reco- you, you reacted like that? Or, Hey, did you see that when you were growing up? Or, Hey, like, We can talk to each other in that depth and for our children to see us have conversations in that type of depth, like that's huge for them to be able to know that it's okay to ask a, which they don't know. It's a awkward or, you know, a little more of a tension question. They're just going to know to be open with a partner and ask for what you want and then ask that person what they meant by that or, what is it that you want? How can I help you? It's just a, uh, well, that's just how relationships are.
0: That's how relationships yeah. are. You know? Yeah. Like I don't want to go too, uh, too detailed uh, on the air necessarily, but like, you know, when it comes to sex life and intimacy and marriage, like we've, we we do not hide that and make it, you know, from our son and make it seem like, Oh, we're having a special kind of hug. It's like, Oh, well, Hey, yeah, we're going to be alone together. It's time for us to have our time. And it's right. like, Oh, okay. And as he gets older, he, it makes more and more sense. But like so many people, I think it's like, Oh, I don't want I don't want my kids to know it's gotta be the secret. And yeah. then it's any wonder that they become teenagers and they're fascinated and making maybe bad choices and like, Oh, well they, they hit it. So now I have to hide that. And it's like, well, no, I, I want him to know that part of great marriage is having wonderful intimacy, having great conversations, honoring each other. You know, we talk all the time, And if he just sees that growing up and it's like, yeah. And when you grow up, that's what you're going to, you know, you're going to find a wife and you'll be doing the same thing. And it's like, to me, it's like the more, not just, it's not as much surface and deep, although it's part of it, but the more you can just bring what's happening, that's really happening to the surface and deal with things in a healthy way and bring them out and like not hide things away. Like when you're hiding things away, they start decaying and start smelling Mm -hmm. and, even if you're not trying to hide something that seems to be negative, sometimes we hide, you know, that we're having an argument. It's like, Hey, mom and dad argue and and watch how we argued and now watch how we honored each other. And now watch how we resolved it and watch how we forgave each other so quickly. That's what totally. life is, right? It's conflict yep. is real. Don't hide from it. Um, wh- how, what's your, I don't know, stance that's strong of a word, but what's your okay. take on, uh, on like, conflict in arguments and forgiveness. Cause I know you, you, you guys now at this point, you have no issue going deep. You have no issue saying what's real, but that's going to sometimes hurt feelings. It's going to offend, or it's going to, you know, it's going to frustrate you maybe make someone angry. Can you talk a little bit about the resolution side of it and what you've seen in that, that real and authentic side of resolution for conflict?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, we keep things really simple and like you had mentioned, you know, um, you know, offending somebody. Like if you think about what we as human beings make meaning out of and through and for, it's literally every moment of your life. And the moment that you can pull meaning or what somebody means by that, or what's going on there, or why'd they say it like that in that tone, when you can get over that, and 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 really rise to a totally new level of listening and understanding someone else, especially other human beings and yourself for that matter. Because we people by themselves will say, Why did I do that? Why can't I do this? What's happening with me? What's going on? What's this mean? Stop it. Stop all that. Because all you're spending is your mind share and your brain power on trying to figure out what something meant when all it is is just emotions based on your past conditioning and trauma. So my wife and I have an agreement that. We won't make meaning out of things. So if I say something in a in a way I'm a little aggressive, a little abrasive, if I say something in a way that, you know, is a different tone, the conversation doesn't stop because of my tone. The yeah, how could you say it that going. way?
0: Now I'm mad at how you yeah, said it.
1: Like, and the whole so argument is about how you approached it rather than what right. you react argument about the first place, right? And, and now you get nothing done because now I've got to defend myself because God, I didn't mean it like that. It just said it like that. I'm just frustrated. Well, why are you frustrated with me? It gets crazy, right? So when you can take meaning out of a conversation, especially a conflict conversation where you don't agree with someone else, you get to have a con- conversation on the depth, not the surface. You get to erase all the meaning, all the BS, all the this is what I feel. Stop feeling things. Talk to me about <laughs> how, what came up for you. Think about it. No, I'm serious. Like I'm just, I'm just like, imagining telling my wife, stop feeling things.
0: <laughs> that would be like, stop
1: breathing. <laughs> we, we have conversations around what we feel and like what we're feeling. Like the, it isn't, yeah. it isn't, what does that mean? It's what came up for you when I said that, like, I see a look on your face. What's up? What came up for you? But we have a conversation at a high level, which is, you know, the me from a year ago would have said, I'm pissed off because you said it like that. But the me today understands that that's how you communicate. Let's keep going. And now we get to have a conversation that goes an hour and it, and it ends in a hug and a, you know what, like, like, I'll tell you, I, I tear up a lot and not because I'm like an avid crier but because I feel that emotional connection with my wife again, like really freaking feel it. And so when we have a disagreement about something, I know we're not getting divorced. I know we're not gonna create meaning out of BS and thin air or based on what my mom said when I was six or what her dad said when she was 10, like that's in the past. So we leave everything in the present moment. We don't bring any of our programming or conditioning from the past into our present moment conversation. And we can talk in depth and we can have resolution and man, it opens up a world of possibility for your relationship. And then when your kids see that, kind of like you said, you can't hide stuff from your kids. The more you think you're protecting them, you're hurting them. Because we all know those kids in college that whose parents hid cuss words and alcohol and anything yes. bad from them. And they went nuts. Those are the kids with alcohol poisoning day, you know, day one, weekend Dude, one. I
0: cannot tell you how much that I mean, talk <laughs> about hitting a cord, man. Like and people can yeah. Sometimes people on the outside, they can judge you, but I say, judge it by its fruits. See how the kid turns out, see how the family really is. So like our son, right Val, he's nine. And you know, we'll watch movies that are way more advanced or have swear words. And some people go, how could you do that? That's terrible. But I say like the world is full of all different language and in the house, we're like, hey, there's for us, we believe in, in a certain way to talk. And it's like, I honor that and he'll never hear me randomly using swear words or his mom. And he doesn't either. And it's like, he never, he's not the kid that goes off with his friends and says, Oh yeah, no one's looking, you know, F this, whatever. He, he's not going to say that stuff because we right. just talked about it. It's like, he goes, Oh, that was a, it's like, well, it's not a bad word, son. It's just a word that like, we don't use it here. And the reason is, is, you know, we like to honor people with language and we sort of like explain it. And then it just becomes one of the many other things you see in the world that, your kid goes, Oh yeah, that's how the world works. That's what's going on. But in our family, we choose to be this way. And I think there's it's so, there's so much power in showing things the way they are and then maybe giving a narrative, maybe explaining it, maybe saying, Hey, this is what we do or this is why we do it this way. Um, man, we could go on forever and I'm sorry. I just took up so much time with that. that <laughs> no, it's thing. All good. But this is, this is, I mean, talk about this men on purpose, uh, conversation. Yeah. You guys, if you want to have more conversations like this, you want to get into Ian's brain and into some of some great guests' brain, definitely check out this is Taking the World by Fire, the Men on Purpose Podcast. I am loving your show, bro. Men on purpose dot men on purposepodcast.com. You can find out more. You can also follow Ian on Facebook at Ian.lobos, L-O-B-A-S on Facebook. Instagram is the is men on purpose podcast, men on purposepodcast.com. Can you is last couple times here can you tell me a little bit about some of your maybe your favorite part of the podcast maybe one of your favorite episodes recently tell me tell us about that cuz i want sure, everyone sure. to go over and go check it out
1: yeah um i forget the episode number i think it's 163 um i brought my dad on and i wanted to honor my dad as being a man on purpose who taught me to be a man on purpose and no matter how many coaches i i have or how much money i spend on coaching every month or every year like I always go back to my dad to get the best advice. And I think when I turned 27, that's when I finally started to realize that my dad was right on so much stuff. And my dad always said, son, you can, you can, take, um, you can take my lessons or you can learn from yours. Yours are just more expensive because I've already paid the price. So it's your call. I support you either way. Come on. Just take my advice or, or, or learn your own thing. Your call. But like I started to honor and showcase my dad and his life to let people in on a, on what is a very purposeful relationship between two men who are very open with each other, communication, saying I love you, emotion and sharing that with each other. Plus, it's a it's a relationship between a father and a son. And I'm a father. So like you see you see exactly how I get what I what I do to parent my kids. It's just it's it's you know, of, of, of hundreds and hundreds of episodes I've done of my podcasting career over the last, you know, four years. Um, and how many podcasts I've been on that episode, it's, it's May 11th, the May 11th episode is, it's my absolute favorite because I watched my dad on the screen like we do when we're five, like in awe of this superhero. And I was just so elated with his knowledge and his depth. And like, the man he continues to evolve into to show me to continue to evolve as the man you are into the man you want to become from month to month, day to day, year to year. It's just, uh, it's, it's really inspiring. So yeah, I love everybody. You can check out my uh, more about me. You can check out my website, Ian Lobas, dot com or mental purpose com.
0: Right on. Ian, dude, thank you for the conversation. And I'll tell you, yeah, talk about full full circle on a show, being able to come back <laughs> men on purpose and now talking about your dad as a man. That's, yeah. that's very, very cool. So check out menonpurposepodcast.com for all those shows. Ian, um, keep on crushing it, man. Um, looking forward to seeing you at the next conference and yeah, let's do it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, y'all, that was the show this week, man. Thank you to Ian Lobos. What a good dude. Definitely um, grateful to call him a brother. Um, Just phenomenal conversation. So check out all things Ian Lobos. And if you like that conversation, if you like that, if if it's important to you, especially as a man or a woman, right? Like, you know, to bring that authenticity and that real conversation, not every show is like that. Sometimes we're doing business tips, but I'll tell you, if you're in business, Nothing is more important than your personal, interpersonal relationships. And this is the conversation I think we all need to be having right now. That's why I wanted to have Ian on the show from the Men on Purpose podcast. Thanks for listening. Get out there. Stay driven. I think that's our catchphrase. We're just going with that now. So it's been a few months running, but that's what it is. Stay driven because you're driven entrepreneurs. All right. I'll see you next week. You can go now.